0: And thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. How many are happy to be in the house of the Lord today? How many know that our God keeps His promises? How many believe that God keeps His promises? He does. He does. And we uh, ask that we keep our promises too. And today we're going to be talking about a promise... Uh, that that Jesus uh, talks about, that the prophet Joel uh, spoke about in the Old Testament, and and I'm going to need you to kind of stay with me before we get into the message. Uh, City kids can kind of go to the back, and so children um, 3 to 11 can go directly behind me, right behind that curtain, and then children 6 months old to 2 years are welcome to go to our nursery, which is right behind you. I want to take that time uh, before we get into the message today. And I'm excited about this message, but I'm going to need you to stay with me. And, and I also wanted to just a uh, little shout out um, because how many have had someone in their lives break a promise? Oh, Jeanette, you raise your hand. That's everyone. you didn't raise hand. I saw this. <laughs> Okay, she said yes. She said yes. Okay. All right. And I just talked about God being he, that He doesn't break His promises. Well, I'm excited today. I I got a ride the other day from an Uber driver, and she told me she was going to come to church, and she promised and she is here today. I'm not going to pull it out, she does what she wants, and um, I'm excited that that she would keep her promise uh, to be here, and so uh, our God is a promise keeper. Book of Exodus, chapter 48, verse 38, it says this. It says so the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night, in the sight of all the Israelites during their travels. I want you to leave that up there for a little bit. Um, and, and, um, and and so what, what is it saying here? The Israelites, if you don't if you if you don't know this story or you maybe forgot the story, they were in exile. They were in slavery for 400 years in the country of, of Egypt, and they were in slavery. And they were praying out to God. They were crying out to God. And, and, and 400 years, trusting uh, that God had made some promises and that they were going to get out of Egypt. And and after some time, God raises up a man. His name is Moses. And Moses goes and, and has his own story. But in the midst of his story, he ends up going to Egypt and setting God's people free, the Israelites. And, and it's amazing as they're traveling uh, from Egypt into the Promised Land. They have some ups, they have some downs, they experience some amazing miracles on their way to the Promised Land. And, and, and the Bible tells us that they were being led during the day by a cloud, and at night there was a fire in that cloud, and they were being led, because they traveled at night as well, so there was fire in that cloud. And the Bible tells us here that that cloud... When they set up the tabernacle, it would sit right above the tabernacle. And at night, it would look as fire over the tabernacle. I need you to kind of get that in your mind today. We're going to go uh, a little bit deeper today, so I need you to kind of stay with me today. So just kind of keep that in your mind. I'm going to read it again. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle. Can we put it up there? Okay, I'm sorry. Exodus It says, for the cloud of the Lord... ...was over the tabernacle by day and fire in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites. So they could see this during their travels from Egypt into into the promised land. They're seeing this all the time. Um, And so we kind of just talked about uh, that they were, you know, they're traveling, they're watching this cloud uh, and fire. And this cloud of fire represents the Holy Spirit... It represents the Holy Spirit. So again, I need you to keep that in your mind as we go forward today. So today we're talking about Pentecost. Today is a, a Pentecost Sunday. And if you could just put the title of, of, of the message up there. Pentecost. That's the, the, the what we're talking about today. And many of you may have heard of it. Maybe you haven't. So we want to go a little bit deeper into Pentecost today because I'm excited about this. So Pentecost is one of the most important days in the history of Christianity. In fact, if Pentecost did not happen, you and I would might, most likely would not exist. And I can assure you that if Pentecost did not happen, we would not be sitting in this building today. So we have to be thankful for Pentecost. We, we should know what it means. And, and again, I need you to stay with me. Pentecost is one of the most historic, powerful days in the history uh, of our faith. Penta, P-N-T-A, means five. Pentecost in the Greek means 50th. Again, I, just, I need you guys to stay with me. Uh, so think about when you see Pentecost, we're thinking 50, 50th, 50 days. Uh, and so that's why we call it Pentecost, because this happened, the day of Pentecost happened 50 days after Easter. So stay with me. So, here's what happened in the Old Testament. When these same Israelites left Egypt, God performed a huge miracle. And they call that the Passover. On that day, in order for the Egyptian pharaoh or Egyptian governor, in order for him to let the Israelites go, something called Passover happens. And what happened was, God sent the angel of death to kill the firstborn of every family, every animal family, every firstborn would die. But the Israelites, God told them that if they killed the lamb and they took the blood of the lamb, they put it on the doorposts of their home, that the angel would pass over their house and they would find salvation and their firstborn would not die. So stay with me. So that was one of the feasts that the Israelites or the Jewish people celebrate. They still celebrate it today, Passover. It's a powerful day. Uh, it's, It's celebrating this miracle that the angel of death passed over them. On the day of Passover is the same day that Jesus resurrected from the dead, right? It's the same time. Jesus resurrected on the same time of Passover. Uh, That same time Jesus resurrected from the dead. So keep that in mind. You got Passover over here and the resurrection of Jesus, Easter that we celebrate. And then on this day we have another feast called the Feast of Week. Of the, weeks. the Feast of the Weeks. So the Israelites had seven feasts that they celebrated every year. Passover was one of them. And then the Feast of the Weeks was 50 days after Passover. All right. I'm praying you guys are with me. All right. So here you got the Feast of the Week. This is the same day of Pentecost. It's the same day of these feasts. So God makes no mistakes. He is mistake-proof. All right. How many know that God is mistake-proof? And as as I was studying this, I was just in awe how God just, he's put things right in order. There's nothing that happens uh, coincidentally. Uh, God is in control when it comes to his word. And so we have Passover, Easter, and then we have the feasts of the weeks that coincide with Pentecost. All right. And I know you guys are with me. All right. We're going to go a little bit deeper into Pentecost. Let's get, let's get to Jesus first. If you, if you, if you, let's get recap Jesus' story. Jesus was born in a manger. He, he's, he's alive for 30 years. At 30 years old, he, he gets baptized by his, his cousin, John the Baptist. After he's baptized, he starts his ministry. And for the next three years... He ministers, and he shares, and he teaches, and and he's the greatest storyteller ever. His parables are are amazing, and and the sick are healed, and the the, the oppressed are set free, and demons flee during these three years. After these three years, we know that Jesus is falsely accused. He's put on a cross. He's tortured. He's killed on that cross. He's put in a borrowed grave for three days. After the third day, the Bible tells us that he takes back his own life. He bursts out of that grave as our Redeemer and our Savior. Can we give glory to God for that? Now, after, after he, he comes out of that grave, he spends 40 days, 40 days walking around earth, talking to his disciples, talking to followers, revealing himself to certain people. There's at least 400 people that, that experienced Jesus. It's, it's estimated between four and 600 people actually saw Jesus during that time. 40 days. Keep that in mind. 40 days, over 400 witnesses. After that 40 days passes, the Bible tells us that he ascends or he goes up to heaven. Uh, he goes up to heaven on that on that 40th day. All right. Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 24, 45 through 49. This is Jesus talking as he is ascending to heaven. He's about to go up to heaven, and he says this to the to his disciples. He says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scripture. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer, rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you... What my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power on high. So, this is Jesus about to go to heaven, right? He's about to ascend to heaven and he's reassuring his followers. He's reassuring the disciples that, hey, I'm leaving. Like, like I, I rose from the dead. He's saying there's repentance and there's forgiveness available. You're going to preach it to all nations. You're going to start in Jerusalem. You'll be witnesses of, 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 you guys are witnesses of this. He's having this conversation with them. And he says, but my father has a promise. He says, stay in the city of Jerusalem until you have been clothed or covered with power from on high. How many are glad that that he left, but he left something for us? He left a power that was promised to you and to me. So Jesus goes up to heaven, but his followers are obedient, and they go into Jerusalem. And they go into the city, and they begin to pray, and they begin to wait on what Jesus told them to wait for. A lot of biblical scholars believe that they went back to the very same place where the Last Supper was held. Not proven, but a lot of scholars believe that that's where they went, to the upper room, and they believe that that's where the Last Supper happened, where Jesus uh, uh, did the first communion with, with his disciples. So they were there for about 10 days. So we take the 40 days that Jesus walked on earth after he was resurrected, plus 10 more days. And the Bible tells us there was about 120 people waiting, praying, believing. And as I was thinking about this, I thought about the disciples who who had just experienced Jesus. The Bible tells us that Thomas actually put his hands in in the wounds that Jesus had where the nails had pierced Jesus' hands, it says that he had touched his side and, and they have seen Jesus do these miraculous things. But when they saw Jesus ascend to heaven, I, I bet they got a little bit sad. Because he was what they had looked at, he was their hope. And so for the next ten days, I, I believe they were praying. I, I believe they were seeking a God's face. The Bible says that they were in unity, praying, believing. But I'm believing that these ten days were not ten easy days. I'm believing these were ten stressful days. And I just feel like preaching this right now, because there's sometimes that there's some times in our lives that that there's some stressful times when we feel all alone and we are not experiencing God. How many know what that feels like? But when God seems so, so, so far away. But we need to be persistent just as they were. We need to stay in unity. Brothers and sisters, I need you in order to be successful. You need me in order to be successful. We cannot isolate ourselves in this walk with Jesus. And they were going to experience that promise because they did what God told them to do. He said, be unified. He says, stay and pray. He yeah. says, stay and pray. And there comes some moments in our walk with Jesus where we can't whine so much, but we need to stay and we need to pray. The yeah. <laughs> Bible says about 10 days later, something about amazing is going to happen. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And I get excited about this scripture. One of the most powerful scriptures in my life. And this is what the Bible says, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, that's 50 days after Easter, it says, they were all together in one place. And the Bible says, suddenly a sound like a blowing, like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. How many are thankful for that yeah. It will be an event that would change the course of history. It will be an event that would change the, 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 the course of humanity forever and forever. It, it's such an exciting time, and it's not something that City Reach is preaching. It's not something that... Pastor Mark is preaching something that the Bible is telling us occurred so you can pick up the Catholic Bible You can pick up a Baptist Bible, and it's gonna say the same thing. It's not something that I'm making up How many are with me right now? Glory to Jesus It goes on to say you're not gonna have the scripture up there But it goes on to say in verse 5 now they were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven in other words as this was occurring in the upper room there was people from all over who had come to celebrate the Feast of the Weeks, right? It was a harvest festival. So there was people from all over there. And the Bible says in verse 6, when they heard the sound, they heard the violent wind, right? They heard the same thing. They heard the violent wind, right, that filled the whole house. These people outside heard it. and said a crowd began to come together because each one of them heard their languages being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these who are speaking from Galilee? How is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Persia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, visitors from Rome. Both Jews and and converts to Judaism, Christians, Arabs, all these people were there, and they said this. We hear them in that room. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. (laughs) Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? See, this is a historical event. This was something that was about to change the course of history. This was something that had happened that God had promised through the prophet Joel. This was something that God had promised through his son David. This was an amazing, powerful day that that was happening in, in the day of Pentecost. And the people outside were wondering... What does this mean? Because they knew it wasn't normal. They knew it wasn't natural. They knew something different. They knew something new was happening up in that room. And let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit shows up in your life, you know that there's something new. You know that there's something different. There's people who may walk through those doors and they experience the Holy Spirit, right? Never to be the same again. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is here right now talking to you and talking to me. How many believe that right now? He's amazing. He's powerful. I say this all the time. The Holy Spirit has the answer to every one of our problems. We just got to submit to Him and believe Him and not give ourselves so much credit it's about surrendering to him, acknowledging that we need him. The Bible says, the person of the Holy Spirit, we honor him. As we honor him, he's able to flow and do the impossible. But but this is what we're seeing happen. The Bible goes back. Can we put the verse back up there where it talks about that the, the tongues of fire that separated and rested on their verse three? I just leave that up there for a second. I, I need you to see this fire just for a moment. Why would this happen? And and I always wondered as a kid in Sunday school, I would see the picture of of these little tongues of fire on these people, and I said, well, well, why would God do that? didn't really understand that. didn't understand that. But we need to understand this. Exodus chapter 40, sorry, verse 38 says this, So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night. In, all, in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. In other words, the fire of God in the Old Testament would hover over the tabernacle, right? The Bible says that the presence and the glory of God would also hover over the temple once they built the temple. The Bible says that the glory of God would fill the temple. But now on the day of Pentecost, something different was happening. Now the fire of God was not going to just hover over the tabernacle or the temple, but it was going to hover over you and over me in the name of Jesus. The same fire, right, that led them through the wilderness into the promised land, the same fire that they had honored and they were bewildered of, the same fire is available to lead you into your promised land today in the name of Jesus. Powerful. John chapter 14, verse 16 through 17 says this. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. This is when he was still walking with them. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, someone in your corner, someone like the Holy Spirit, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you and he lives with you now and later he will be in you. So on the day of Pentecost, not only was he with us, he became part of us. All of a sudden on that day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down, you no longer became, hallelujah, just a physical being, you became the temple of the Holy Spirit. Where well, now the Holy Spirit can reside in you. In fact, when you come and you give your life to Jesus and you surrender to him, you say, I give my heart to you, Lord. Forgive me, and we repent before God. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit comes and takes residence in us. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy phenomenon that only God does. And all of a sudden, you stop thinking the way you were thinking. All of a sudden, you stop talking the way you were talking. All of a sudden, you stop walking the way you were walking. Because you can, now the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And that's why people say, man, I don't know. I'm not cursing the way I was cursing. Uh, things that didn't bother me are starting to bother me. That movies, Those movies I used to watch, all of a sudden, something doesn't feel the same way. The thing that changes, now the Holy Spirit is taking up residence inside of you. See, there's this huge vacancy in us that God created us with. There's this vacancy, hallelujah, that something needs to fill. And it's either the Holy Spirit or another spirit, right? Praise Him, hallelujah. There's no other choice. And the person who denies Christ we can deny him all our, all we want and we can believe and, and pretend that we are in control. But I guarantee you that the other spirit is in there controlling and doing what he having his way with us. And, and that is the reason we are not able to move forward. That is the reason many times we, we continue on the same path. Glory to Jesus. But Jesus says here, He says, But you know Him because He lives with you, and you and He says, and later He will be in you. And so now that fire that would lead them through the wilderness was inside of them. Now there's some amazing things that are happening here. And I need you again to stay with me. Passover, Easter. Remember? Around the, the same time. And, and Passover, Easter. Over here we have, we have the, the, the Pentecost and the, and the Feast of, of the Weeks, which is a harvest feast. And there's some humongous connections here. I need you to stay with me. Some powerful connections. Because during the Feast of the Weeks, one of the things, the main things that they did was they celebrated the Ten Commandments, the law that God had given them. So during that feast, they were commemorating and they were celebrating the receipt of the law, of the law. All right? Glory to Jesus. When they received those Ten Commandments, let's go to that verse, Exodus 20, verse 18. This is what happened. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when they saw it, they trembled and they stood far off. Remember, that's what happened when they were receiving the Ten Commandments. When Moses alone went up to the mountain, Mount Sinai, the Bible tells us, and he came back down with the law. He came back down with the law. Glory to Jesus. Now, something is is happening here on the day of Pentecost that sounds a little bit similar. Let's go back to that verse in Acts where it talks about this. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, let's go back to that. It says they were all together suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Praise God. Something similar is happening there. Something similar happened when they received the law. And now they're receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? The, the power of the Holy Spirit. There's something kind of, kind of, kind of crazy that's looking like that. So, so, so when we look at the Word of God, we see Passover and they were sacrificing a lamb, right? Easter, we're sacrificing what? We're celebrating the sacrifice of Jesus, right? They're similar. They're similar. Now we're talking about the Feast of Weeks. They're celebrating that they, they were celebrating the re, the receipt of the law or the Ten Commandments. But on the day of Pentecost, which mirrors that, they're receiving and celebrating the receipt of the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they received it, the kind of the same thing happened. There was this violent wind, right? There was this violent blowing of wind. And there was this, well, it says there was a sound that happened. And in Exodus, we also hear that there was a sound It says thundering and lightning. It says the mountain was smoking. There was something happening on that mountain and there was something happening also on the day of Pentecost in that upper room. How many are with me? The big difference was this. In Exodus the Bible says that the the people trembled and they stood far off. They were afraid. They weren't privy to the presence of God. Right? In the day of Pentecost. It was for everybody. You didn't have to stand far off. You could come and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. That was the big difference. And we're going to keep looking at this for a little bit. We're going to keep looking at this. Jewish tradition tells us this. It says that when those commandments, and this is Jewish tradition, when the commandments were given to the people, they said that they heard the commandments in 70 Distinct languages that represented the language of the world at that time. So they said that in the thundering, when they received, and this is Jewish, Jewish rabbis say this, when they received that those commandments, they also heard the voices of, of, of the command the voice of the commandments in different languages. Does that sound a little bit like Pentecost to Rabbi Yokanan says this when God's voice came forth at Mount Sinai, it divided itself into seven human languages. So the whole world might understand it. All at Mount Sinai. Young, old, women, children, infants, according to their ability to understand. So when they received the law, it was thundering and they heard it in different languages. Glory to Jesus. This is Jewish tradition. But I find it fascinating that on the day of Pentecost, the followers of Jesus also began to speak different languages to equip them for their new mission, right? So something powerful is happening here. The the Bible says that when the Ten Commandments were given to the Israelites, they were written on stone tablets, right? The Bible says that, that, that Moses came down with stone tablets, right? They had the Ten Commandments on them. And these represented the law. On the day of Pentecost, it was no longer written on stone tablets, but it was written on our hearts. On the hearts of men and women just like you and just like me. Can we give them glory for that? Go a little bit deeper now. Ezekiel 36, 26, 27 says this. And I will give you a new heart. I will give you new and right desires. I will put a new spirit within you. I will take out your stony heart and give you a new heart of love. And I will put my spirit within you so that you will obey my laws and do whatever I command. No longer is it a stony heart and law. On a carved stone, but now it's on. He writes it on our hearts, a heart of flesh, and He gives us a new heart. Church, can we just stand today? On a day like today, that we celebrate the day of Pentecost, it's the holy, the day that the Holy Spirit came into our hearts. On that day, God gave us gifts. He gave us gifts. And there's nine of those gifts. And I believe that when you surrender your heart to Jesus, those gifts are automatically inside of you. We just need the the word of God to bring those things to life in us. These are what the gifts are. I said the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, the gift of prophecy, the gift of faith, the gift of healing the working of miracles, the discerning of spirits, talking in distinct tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And I believe that when we surrender our hearts to Jesus, those things are placed in us, those gifts. I believe that those gifts are all over this room right now. I believe those gifts are all over and in your hearts. And the only thing that gets in the way of that is me and you receiving it. Receiving it. We need to surrender our logic, friend, for surrender our, our wisdom, and, and, and succumb to an almighty God who makes no mistakes, who's perfect in all of his ways. And today he reminds you that he loves you, that he is for you. You've never, ever, ever been forgotten. He has more for you. There's greater for you. There's greater works for you to perform for the sake of his kingdom. But we need to to surrender. We need to surrender. So if we could just close our eyes for a moment as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day of Pentecost that would change the trajectory of our lives, God, of our existence, Lord. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit, which is in this place right now, which is in our hearts I pray, God, that that thing will come to life and be revived in the name of Jesus. That we would honor you, Holy Spirit, like never before, God. That we would, Lord, call upon those gifts that are already in us, God. So we can make a difference, Lord. Everywhere we go, I thank you, Lord, for speaking to your children in this place. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would honor you, honor your gifts, first, in everything we do, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray and believe. Church, with your eyes closed, the Holy Spirit is here. He's talking to many of you right now. He's talking to many of you right now. If you know that it's time for you to begin to experience more of His power, more of his gifts, and you say, I want to receive those things, I'm going to count to three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three, raise your hand. Yes, yes, yes. All-powerful God. We can just keep our eyes closed. No one feels weird or anything. And I'm going to ask everyone else to raise your hands, but those who have raised your hands. Let's raise our hands, and we pray this together. Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross for me. For loving me when no one else did. For loving me even when I had failed. I ask that you would empower me with the power of the Holy Spirit today. That the gifts that are already in me would come to life like never before. Forgive me. I turn from my old ways and am ready for a new way, you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we just have a time off? Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.